Hey y'all and welcome to another episode of Broadcast His Love. Y'all, this is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name because we cannot do life without Him. Our selfish ambitions and desires want to get in the way, but no, we have to push them aside and we have to let God increase in our lives. So that is what this podcast is all about. Today I have my dear friend Peggy Butler on and she's a real estate agent and has lived a fabulous life front and center of the music industry. Her husband who has passed away, his name was Larry Butler. He was a famous music producer. He's worked with Johnny Cash, The Beatles, and even Kenny Rogers who recently passed away. Kenny Rogers credits his success to Larry Butler. So you're going to hear some really interesting stories about the music industry and just how that creative industry works. I also wanna let you know that there are some things mentioned in this podcast that are not appropriate for little ears. So I'm just gonna leave that here up front. Parents, if you wanna go ahead and change it over to something more family friendly now, that would be appropriate. If not, no little ears are listening to this, just you and me. Let's dive in, let's meet Peggy Butler. Welcome to another episode of Broadcast is Love. We have on one of my special friends, Peggy Butler. Y'all, this girl is from Nashville. She's living in Pensacola, Florida. She loves Pensacola. She's a real estate agent. But more importantly, I think the thing that you're going to love about Peggy is that she knows how to be grateful. Like she is grateful. She has, in my opinion, mastered the concept of being grateful, and she's really good about understanding timing and life and just how that works, how God's timing works, and just being patient on his timing. And so we brought Peggy in to tell us her story. Peggy, how are you today? I'm great, Ricky. Thank you. It's always a pleasure talking with you. You as well. I love you, and I love your voice. and. <laughs> Y'all, this girl, mm, her story is so interesting. I don't know where to begin. Do we want to talk about the music industry first and your life in the music industry, or where do you want to begin? I think we started at the beginning. All right, uh, let's go. Because, because it kind of all intertwines with each other, being in Pensacola. Yes. Because I grew up in Nashville, but I grew up coming to Pensacola Beach, mm, where good. I fell in love with the beach. Yes. And sat with some of my cousins on Pensacola Beach saying, one day I'm going to marry somebody in the music business and live here. So, um, so sure enough, fast forward years later, I meet a gentleman named Larry Butler, who was a Grammy-winning record producer and songwriter from Pensacola. Right, <laughs> which I is know. just crazy. So tell us about meeting Larry, and tell us about Larry. Oh, Larry's just, Larry is, or was a creative genius. He's a handful, but that kind of goes along with creative genius a lot of times. And, but a really good man with a great heart. Right. Well, and the thing about Larry is his personality. I never met Larry, but he's from Pensacola, Florida, a place where Peggy and I both live, a place that Peggy and I both love. And he always saw the best in people. And Mm -hmm. in the beginning of his book, he has a book called Just for the Record. 
And in the beginning of it, he says, this book is dedicated to Peggy Butler, my courageous wife and the woman who saved my life. And this is a podcast where we talk about, you know, what God has done for us. And when I read that in the beginning of his book, it made me think, I wonder what that means. I wonder what he meant when he wrote that about his wife, because to a lot of people who are listening, we have majority of people who are listening are women. And I'm sure at the end of the day, the last thing they think is that their husband thinks is that they're going to save them from anything. So this is encouraging, like for him to say that, where do you think he was coming from when he said the woman who saved my life? Well, I think it had a whole lot to do with the fact that he had gotten into drugs. He was doing cocaine and he knew that I wouldn't put up with it. Right. And that's, uh, I mean, that was his choice, but that was not my choice. And so I had to walk away from that situation and walking away from that got his attention instead of um, just enabling it to happen. I had to get out. Wow. That someone who is listening needs to hear that. And can you dive into that a little bit more? Is there any more encouragement you have for maybe other women who are in a similar situation? Well, I mean, you can't, I'll, I just knew that if I stayed, it, I would go down as well. I knew that I had to get out. And I was, I was very young, but again, came from a great family. I was very young and I did research on rehab and, and things like that, but he wasn't ready to hear that. And mm. I had to hear that he wasn't ready to hear that. Mm. That's hard. Yeah, it was very hard walked out to walk out of a situation and um there are other people involved but again you can't put yourself in a situation where you're going to go down right you can't do it right you have to have faith that it'll be okay and do the right thing Mm. and my strength at that point was and then we got back together and he knew that those parameters were there he would never be able to do anything like that Mm. with me in the picture which was good right and then he ended up in intensive care and uh through the abuse of his body and I was in the room with him when he quit breathing so literally I literally saved his life at that point oh my goodness Peggy I can't imagine how did you do that Well, he, um, he was, he had double strep pneumonia and he was having a hard time breathing and he was in a, he was in a private room and I, I spent the night in the, in the, um, hospital room. Didn't really want to, I'd been there two, three nights, but I decided I really had to stay and about seven o'clock in the morning. And I remember it was seven because it's when all the nurses were changing shifts. They were doing 12 hours here, 12 hours on, 12 hours off. And he literally sat up in the bed and kind of rolled his eyes back and, and, and he quit breathing. And so I just did the only thing I knew to do. I went in the hallway and started screaming. Right. And everybody came and gave him CPR. Had I not spent the night with him that night in the hospital room, they would not have found him in time due to the fact they were changing shifts. So God made me stay there. Mm. And I knew that. There's a story I want to share about Larry. Well, there's two, two stories. Do you mind if I, Mm -hmm. it's so, um, Larry 
has written a book. I talked about it at the beginning of this conversation and Kenny Rogers does the foreword in it. And it says, this is from Kenny Rogers who recently passed away. He says, Larry is totally responsible for any success I have had in so many ways will have, which I just thought that was really great. And then he also says, but it's not just me. He has had a positive effect on the careers of Billy Joe Spears, Charlie Rich, Mac Davis, who, you know, Peggy and I both know Mac Davis. He's written for Elvis Presley for, you can name more people than I know, but he's had his own TV show, successful TV show. He has his own music career. Um, anyway, Crystal Gale, Debbie Boone, and so many others, including one of my favorite duet part partners, Dottie West. And then he also talks about how he worked with Johnny Cash and then this is talking about our faith. So with your story, and I just want to read a part of the book talking mm -hmm. about the time that Larry got baptized and Johnny Cash was there. Do you <laughs> mind if I share that story? No, that's a great story. Okay. So, wow. It gives me goosebumps um, reading this, but it does say a chill went up and down my spine as the sun started rising over the river. It cast an eerie glow right behind him that presented itself as this magnificent aurora around his head. It was mesmerizing and we all became emotional. Johnny Cash came over to me and said, Larry Butler, are you all right? I started crying and replied to John, it's really hit me, the magnitude of what we're doing, what we're doing here and your purpose here. Johnny turned around and looked at the river. He looked back at me and put his hand on my shoulder. In a solemn voice, he said, Larry Butler, would you like to be baptized in the Jordan River? And then it goes on to be that Larry gets baptized in the Jordan River and by Reverend Snow. And where were you in this story of Larry's life? I was maybe still in high school. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I can't remember the year of that, but possibly yes. <laughs> There was there, there was thirteen years difference in our age. Well, yeah, I mean that's okay. It's that's okay. Oh my goodness, I had no. Well, I kind of hadn't. I thought about it because I'm like Johnny Cash isn't the youngest broad. <laughs> yeah, I, I may have been a senior. But I may have just gotten my driver's license, but yeah, my husband was baptized. Jordan. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So tell but us, isn't that the yeah. that's an amazing story? It really is. Yes. It really is. What did he say about it to you? He would just always say it was just, you know, a moment in his life, a life-changing moment, a moment in his life he would never forget. I mean, he realized they were in they were filming mm. a movie at the Jordan River. I mean, how cool is all that? I didn't know that they were filming a movie. That's cool. Yes. They were over there working. And, um, and you know, he said he would ride around with the cab drivers and they would go, no, this is our history. You know, this is who we are. So I think it really, Larry was always a very spiritual person. Always. Well, tell us a little bit about the impact that not only Larry, but that you've had on other people's lives in the music industry and and just kind of take us down that journey of some really great relationships that you've gotten to make along the way. The funny thing with me is my favorite relationships are with the songwriters. Yes. When, 
Larry is the only record producer to this day that was based out of Nashville to win a Grammy for producer of the year. And when he won his Grammy, he thanked the songwriters for giving him the tools to work with. Mm-hmm. And to me, I've always believed that there was so much emotion. And he would tell me, he, I heard him tell artists, just because you're pretty and you sing does not make you special. We got to find that right song. And a song does make all the difference, especially then in country music. So, you know, my relationships with the songwriters, which is so interesting to me that it all circled back around, that I ended up in Pensacola, Florida, involved with the Frank Brown foundation for music and the Floribama. Right. And that, how that has all worked out has been really God's timing. I mean, it's oh, a no kidding. Thing. Yeah, it truly is. You know, John, uh, people save your life at times. You know, Larry said that about me saving his life. P- the right people in your life at that time is the greatest gift. They're angels on earth that help you to get to the next place that you need to be. Yeah, and why do you say that? John McGinnis. Yes. What's that guy? Yes, yes. And he's, so he's my boss at the Floribama, which is where I'm a videographer at. And John is one of those people who, he loves Jesus, loves God, and he trusts in God's plan. Like he just, when he sees that God is working something out, he's one of those guys that, dives in and like doesn't look back and so Mm -hmm. that I mean that's a very courageous person and someone who's um you know very strong in their faith to be able to do that and Peggy you are part of the puzzle with that and you have brought in some amazing people to the Floribama some amazing songwriters who sing songs that everyone knows on the radio from things that have been on the radio 20 years ago or longer to now. And so music is something to you that is special. And I think music is special for a lot of people who are listening to this podcast. You know, I mean, I can't imagine someone not liking music. Tell us about what music means to you and in your life. I just, I just can't imagine a world without music. I mean, to me, music is healing. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It takes you back to a special memory. Mm-hmm. I mean, the arts in general, I mean, I think all the arts are important, but I just think that even right now with so much going on in the world, I put music on all day long to listen to right? because it brings me, it's, it brings me happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's this scripture in Matthew and it talks about pretty much what we listen to, what we put into our brain is what comes out of our mouth. And so... Mm-hmm. You've got the jams, girlfriend. You are posting the jams on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean to you as far as what you're listening to? Well, a lot of what I listen to is actually my history Mm -hmm. because so much of it I was around when the writer wrote it or or the producer produced it, the artist sang it. Mm -hmm. So I I listen to a lot of BJ Thomas and Kenny Rogers and Mac Davis and the people you mentioned, Marshall Tucker Band, Elton John. My um, Larry's son-in-law is the drummer for Elton John. He married Larry's daughter. So, of course, I listen to a lot of Elton John. Uh, But just like everyone, it's kind of like the soundtrack of my life. I remember, you know, I, 
I actually played B.J. Thomas' greatest hits over and over and over when I was a teenager. And this was before Larry wrote the song, Hey, Won't You Play? But he wrote the song and B.J. recorded it. So fast forward a few years later, I end up with a relationship with Gloria and B.J. Thomas. Wow. The guy that I played his records over and over as a teenager. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. what, what would you want people who are listening, what would you want people to know about the music industry? Like, uh, you know, so many people who are listening to this don't have an upbringing in the music industry, weren't born and raised in Nashville. You know, what's something interesting that you can tell us about it? The honesty of it is usually what makes it. It's so funny because I'm pacing around my house and right now, I see that Ray Charles is playing Georgia on my mind mm-hmm. and the emotion that's coming out of his voice on that record. I mean, it's real and you can feel that. And I think that most everyone that I've ever met in the music business has been a really good person. They're struggling that real creative personality kind of, um, there's some dark sides of that too at times. And they struggle with that because they struggle with the insecurity of it. And going out on that stage and being vulnerable, you know, exactly. when you're singing songs or doing that. So I think it takes a whole lot of courage to do that. Mm-hmm. And I admire the people that can do that. Oh, yes. Yes. I don't I know think, if that really answered your question. I think it does. Not. I think uh, Rhonda Hart it just came to mind. I love her. Exactly. Her, she's so courageous. Y'all follow her on the socials. Rhonda Hart. She's so great. Um, well, you asked her. me about what music meant. Rhonda Hart was part of my healing uh, during my grieving period after Larry died because the music, she was, she was playing the songs. She was actually playing with a lady named uh, Lane Petty at that time. And they were doing, yes, uh, the Smoking and Elvises. And Mm -hmm. I would go see them about every Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. And it was so healing to me because I love live music and I love music and it was just fun. And they're, and they're funny. Rhonda is hilarious. I love her on stage when she's doing her makeup during her song, you know, but I love that about her. (laughs) I do too. She's someone to admire for sure. And one of the things that I noticed about you, especially with your relationships like Rhonda Hart is you're very encouraging to people. So if someone has, you know, they post something online or you see them, you're one of those people who say what you see. If you Mm -hmm. love something that she posted, like her music or whatever, her outfit that day, you're going to say, I love that. I love this. Always something positive. And I wonder what that stems from. My mother was never, my mother was one of the most positive people I ever met in my entire life. My mother died at 92 years old and I never heard her say a negative thing about anybody Mm -hmm. ever. And so I think that, you know, I was raised in love. Yes. And it does, it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, it's just like, I was raised to believe in God. I was raised to believe, have faith. And I was raised by amazing parents. Yes, that's so good. You were, because I love you. You've been such a great example for me, and you've really taught me a lot about being grateful. And if you don't mind walking us through, for people who don't know you, and just your level of gratitude is something that radiates off of you. Um, It's just something that if you know Peggy, you know that she's grateful for where she's at. And people listening to this, not everyone 
is feeling grateful right now. I mean, we're in a hard time. We're in a pandemic. Coronavirus has so many unknowns. And at the end of the day, it's hard to be grateful for certain things, you know, things that you would normally be grateful for. You know, you know what I'm saying? It goes back to that. And one day I just, it just hit me that there is no matter how bad life gets. First of all, my husband died in his sleep. So he didn't wake up one morning. So let's just start there. You wake up in the morning, be grateful. Yes. That's good. Keep going. So, so, so it just goes back to there's truly always something to be grateful for. If you have, if you have a house, if you have, if you have a job, if you have people around you that love you, if you have something, and you know what, if you don't find the, find that tribe, mm -hmm. go to a church, go to listen to things like this, reach out to people, ask for help. Keep going. Keep, Keep going. going. Yep. All you can do, Larry used to always say all the time, one of his favorite sayings was, all you can do in life is keep showing up. Keep showing up. And so you can, I had someone ask me one time, with everything you've been through, because we went through a lot. I mean, we lost all our money from our investment, no fault of our own. We, you know, Larry was in intensive care. We've been through a lot. Not Doesn't make me special. A lot of people have been through a lot. But somebody asked me one time, said, how can you be so happy Consider everything you went through. I said, yes. well, I've got one or two choices here. And all I know right now is I've got this one life and I can choose to be a victim and be miserable or I can choose to be happy and be grateful. Yes. Yes. And anybody who knows you would say that. And another thing they would say is that you are, I think the best way to word it is respectable uh, of timing and how things work out and in God's timing. So exactly. is there is there any advice you can give as far as someone, maybe somebody out there is waiting for something to happen for them and they just want it to happen right now. What would you You've say? No, for the most part, you got no control. You know, it's just like, let go and let God. And again, it's going to happen when and if it should. That's I mean, it's, it's that simple. Like, honestly, that's it. Like, you don't have to say anything else. That's how life is. It's that simple. Just have to let go and let God. And it's not, and things are not in our control. Whether you're waiting on your husband to stop that addiction or you're right. waiting on, I don't know, a job to work out or you're waiting on a paycheck to come through or exactly. whatever the situation may be. Sometimes we have to be still. Sometimes we have to wait. I mean, I'm not saying sit on the couch you know, for the rest of your life, but you know what I mean. No, and I agree. And I'm, I'm hoping that this is one of the life lessons that we're all learning through what we're going through right now is that stop a little bit. Stop. Yes. Slow down. You know, as bad as it all has been, I've seen families riding bicycles together and dads spending more time with their kids. Yes. And I mean, that these are things that are priceless. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and two, um, you are a real estate agent here in town. So mm -hmm. you show people paradise every day and you're like, Hey, this is the best place in the world. Come live here. <laughs> so exactly. I do, I do want to highlight that, um, 
you know, more families are coming down here to vacation right now during this pandemic. You know, I mean, they're, mm-hmm. people are not staying at home. I'm just going to like, I don't know if I'm exactly. breaking any news exactly. right now to somebody who's listening, but living on the beach, I can tell you people are not all from Pensacola who are at the beach right now. So um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are getting places on the beach. Have you seen a lot more people wanting to come down and get some paradise? Oh, yes. They're really wanting to buy. We have no inventory right now. What? We have very little inventory. And people are wanting to be here. Everything that I have under contract right now are people buying a bigger condo. They already had one. They're buying a bigger one. So they have more room to stay here. Yes. Wow. That's really interesting. I did. I know this sounds really strange, but, and this is a podcast about decreasing our name and increasing God's name. But one of the questions I wanted to ask you is how's it going with the condo sales? Because people who listen to this pod, like we have some people who are listening in Italy. (laughs) We have some people who are listening in Alaska and Canada. And so this is just really interesting to be like, okay, Hey, you guys, you're freezing your buns off in July. (laughs) You know, like there, this is what it's like in Pensacola. I've thought about, I've thought of people in New York. I've thought about people all world going through this. And I've thought about when we were sheltered at home, our weather was absolutely beautiful. And if we got a little stir crazy, we could get in our car and drive down the Gulf of Mexico. Exactly. And I mean, what a gift that is. Exactly. Yeah. Being out in nature, our pastor is really adamant about Uh if you are feeling I, I'm just going to use the word depressed because that's like pretty much exactly. What he was saying. Exactly. If, if you're feeling low in life, go and get out in nature. Like uh, Lauren Daigle, she's a she's a musician. She posted right. on her Instagram. She's like, if you're feeling alone or if you're feeling sad, stick your head outside of the window. <laughs> but like, go be in nature, you know. And so, yeah, that's you are definitely one of those who embraces the beach and and just is very. And- where she's and at. just the whole area. I mean, I don't live on the beach. I live on a golf course and I've been sitting out and looking at the golf course and at night, this whole family of deer will come by. Yes. I mean, it's just been so awesome of things like that. that. Little things like that, that we were not paying as much attention to. Whoa, that's good. That we were not paying as much attention to, which takes us back to being grateful and why mm-hmm. that is so important mm-hmm. to be grateful for Mm -hmm. the little things. And so, yes, I, I wanted to ask you if there's a scripture that's been helping you through this season and if you could share that with us. I don't, you asked me earlier what my favorite. Yes. um, Would be. So I really spent a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah. uh, Because I have a lot, but I really wanted, I I kept thinking, I want the right one. And basically it's Luke 6, 31. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Mm. Why is that important to you? Because that just goes back to the whole doing the right thing, being grateful and respecting each other. That's so good. That's so good. We're going to end it there. I do want people to connect with you. I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you and just see your beach pictures because you love those uh-huh. beach walks. Um, and I love it too, because I've been at home a lot with this little newborn. So I love your beach pictures. So 
If you guys want to connect with Peggy, which I'm sure you do, and see all of her wonderful pictures from the beach of Perdido Key, and of course, Rhonda Hart. She's got a picture of Rhonda up there singing and doing what she does best. You can follow her on Instagram at Peggy Maltzby, and it's pronounced, or well, it's pronounced Maltzby, but it's spelled M-A-U-L-T-S-B-Y. So Peggy Maltzby. And you can find her on Instagram. And then you can find out more about her real estate stuff. And if you want to buy a massive condo from her and let us know, we'll be glad to visit you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, I love you so much. And thank you for love your time. Love you too, Rick. Thank I, you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I always end every podcast with um, a prayer. And I just say, I pray in Jesus' name that we decrease and God increases in our lives. Amen. Amen, sister. Love you, girl. Wow. Peggy's story is beautiful, and I hope it encourages you where you are today to be grateful for a new day. Be grateful that you woke up today. And I just want to leave you with the scripture from Romans, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Y'all, we are in this together. No one is perfect And at the end of the day, with these testimonies and the last 25 episodes of this podcast, my goal in this is for you to hear a variety of stories, to know we are not perfect. I am not perfect. I will fail you. The person to your left or right will fail you, but God will not fail you. May these stories be a testimony that God is stronger than our circumstances. May these testimonies remind you that we need Him every day, that we need Him when we wake up in the morning, that we need Him when we put our feet on the floor in the morning and take that first step forward to go for the day. And I pray moving forward as we will have more episodes This is not the end of Broadcast is Love, but it is the end of a testimony season. It is the end of the last 25 episodes. We have heard some wonderful testimonies, some great encouragement, but now we are moving forward into a new season in the coming weeks where we are going to be focusing on our women. Okay, so we are going to have on some of my friends who are experts in their field, and they will be talking about how we can be better women from God's Word. I pray you all have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.